evoking magic of the everyday wonderment of life and death, one bitch at a time. Step inside, bewitch seance. Episode, plant medicine teachers, parte dos. Yo, yo. Hola. Como te va? That's good. What's up? So you know what I've been into lately? What? Like, just, like, out-of-the-box documentaries. Like, documentary on ants yesterday <sighs> went down a huge rabbit hole. I love watching them. They're absolutely fascinating. <laughs> I love ants. I really do. And I love them even more knowing how complex their their life is. But those little motherfuckers eat my plants constantly. So love, hate <laughs> yeah. over here. And the plants, that's what I'm getting to. Because I'm fucking forgetting. I'm like, oh, yeah, the episode. You're right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> this one's about ants. <laughs> oh, it's going to get derailed for sure. I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. Like, good luck trying to keep this on a fucking path. <laughs> Dude, I can't remember the last time we fucking smoked together. Yeah, it's been a minute. Like, it might start with plans, but who knows? Who knows where it goes? It was interesting sort of trying to hone it down, make it a little bit more concentrated because I started with, and it is about sort of the deconstruction of plant medicine teachers and how that went from from like from drugs to psychedelics to entheogens to plant medicine and i'm sort of giving all of these different titles because they all meant different things in in my mind at the time and having to break down that idea and having to break down that word itself to what it represented for me has been an ongoing process right. as i'm sure it will continue to be immediately there was also that taboo that i had to work through in terms of like mainly mainly around i mean like cannabis you know and cannabis i saw at a very young age because everybody was doing it everybody was selling it that's how you made your fucking money you know and so but i was never into it because i was it, there was this like negative connotation around it and i saw the way that like nobody was doing anything everybody was just trying to make money to pay bills but it was just this fucking vicious cycle of you know nothing it was like money to pay bills to blah 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 and then you just end up in fucking prison you end up in juvie you end up fucking pregnant or you get deported or some shit and i'm like i'm not fucking with that and so there was a very clear like i remember being on my own nancy reagan campaign you know like no two drugs <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I was so terrified of the way it could fuck with my life, like so quickly. And especially being all of the things, you know, of color, in the ghetto, or one, like all the, all the combinations where I was like, fuck no. And then eventually you step out of that and it's like, okay, well I can stay scared in that idea or I can like start thinking about it in a different way. And I love the way that psychedelics came into my life and eventually I was able to break down the idea of psychedelics and like and, and explore them uh through the idea of entheogens which was in tune with the inner self the divine and 
and how little by little it was like this recognition of holy shit not only do these plants talk they're teaching you shit all the time just dropping knowledge on you if you're taking time to listen and this goes outside of the realm of quote-unquote psychedelics hallucinogens uh, as well as like entheogens because all of the plants are medicine you know and when we think back and when we look at the synthetic versions of what we have now of what is fda approved all of this came from plants the beginnings of our medicines are from plants they come that is our food that is what heals us and so it's trippy to me like to go full circle and then to see someone uh as well that's that's going on this journey and has like yo you've just taken it to another level and it's just trippy that i'm like man you know a few years ago hanging out <laughs> playing limbo chilling smoking a spliff in the living room to like talking about how we moved out of these places you know how we moved out of the city we we both had to go through a lot of shit to move out of like into nature into nature and i'm like what is that for you i'm so i'm so curious to know your story um what it looked like for you and when that transition of that relationship with plants started you know when you're when the moment where you're like yo they talk (laughs) 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 and i think i think that's something that we both I don't know. I don't know if it's like, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like you're a really sensitive kid also. And so I, for me, like, it's something that I recognized when I was really little, but not in the same way. Again, like growing up in the city, it's like, it's almost drowned out. And, um, and it took me stepping into nature in a really real way to, to sort of like really fucking be in tune with that and listen. And I'm curious to know where you are in terms of like, your own growth with that um, because I'm barely in the beginning's process of having space that I can like grow shit, you know, for the first time ever. And so it's exciting to know someone that is well along that path. Um, You have soaked up so much. Like I remember the last time we were like talking about mushrooms and and you were you were barely like it was in LA and you know it was a very very small spot you had in your closet and I was like yo that's fucking legit and then all of a sudden years now I'm like wait what Jamaica who (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot's changed for sure that's the beauty that's part of the beauty of life too though you know like you don't want to like so many people so many people get stuck in that rabbit wheel you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i watched i watched mm-hmm. both my parents run that rabbit wheel for 20 years so for me it was just like yo I, I i definitely know what i do i don't want and i also watched both my parents my parents are very smart and i watched them settle so it's like mm-hmm. i've been a rebel since birth because my parents like they're corporate people they're like yo this is what you need to do these are the steps that you need to follow. You, you, you know, you need to go to college. And then after that, you need to get a job, work your way up, like, you know, standard American type shit, like boring, predictable mm-hmm. type shit. And I mean, I don't personally, it's appealing to anybody, but especially not, you know, somebody that's 
that's on their own path, on their own journey. And for me, I've always kind of been on my own path. I'm kind of a loner by nature anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, going going down a difficult road by myself, like that wasn't a second thought. Like I'm going to take a road by myself that's more difficult than something that's given. So for me personally, cannabis was never like, like that was never a thought. Like it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get into cannabis thinking, okay, well, follow these steps, get a license, go legal, be legit. Like that was, that was not even in the future when I started. Like all of it was illegal. I know many people that had criminal records. I watched mm-hmm. things go away. Again, it wasn't a goal. <clears throat> like super, super long story, kind of short. Um, when I was in Miami, I was doing music. I think that's what you probably remember me doing last. Yeah. Music for a minute. Um, but I started I started in Miami because I pretty much like after high school, I went to college. I went to Tampa and then basically dropped out within, I don't know, six months. This is kind of coming from somebody like I, I went back to school, got the degrees, did all of that, went in debt to did all of that. But in the beginning, you know, you don't really have an option when you're a kid. If your parents tell you, okay, you're going to go to college and we're going to pay for you to go to college. Like it's kind of shitty to just, you know, not take that initially as a thought. And even in high school, I knew I didn't really want to go to college. Cause again, I have two older sisters. I watched both of them just kind of follow the standard and it didn't really do anything for them. So even early on, I was like, okay, I'm not going to follow the standard. That's I started doing music early and I was in Miami pretty much straight out of high school. So now I just dropped out. I was doing music, hustling, getting into trouble, doing my thing. And then, you know, luckily for me, I grew up in a small beach town outside of Miami. So I've always had kind of rosters and looking out for me and kind of checking in on me making sure I'm not dead or doing terrible and there's always been like these kind of overhead figures in my life. And when I was in Miami, you know, hustling, doing promoting for some clubs underage, some madness back then. I mean, but as you kind of, as you kind of should when you're young, you know, when you're young, you do what you can to survive and make money. And for me personally, yeah. I don't, I don't look too much into that. Like when you're young, you're going to fuck up. You're going to make super mistakes. That's part of life. Um, but I, I was getting into trouble. And again, like it, cannabis was never really a thing. I wasn't even really growing cannabis back then. I was collecting seeds because I had the girl I was seeing at the time. Um, she was Cuban and she had cannabis seeds. And then I kind of like took part of her collection. I was like, oh, maybe this would be something in the future. It, again, it was super illegal back then. A lot of friends went away wasn't kind of like you i was not fucking with cannabis i saw all my friends do it yeah and a lot of them got criminal records from it and it 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 was kind of like follow the sheep type shit in high school for me like just the populations were smoking so (laughs) i was smoking i was like well that's fucking stupid um so i never really fucked with it in high school but yeah the girl i was seeing after high school she had cannabis seeds so i kind of took some of her collection and i just i kind of i literally just threw it like 
a drawer somewhere and kind of forgot about it. And <laughs> I was getting in trouble and there's Rasta, he kind of stepped into my life at a good time and he, and he kind of saw what was going on. He was people always around, yo, just I'm looking in on you. I'm not what to do, but this isn't looking good. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, honestly, at the time, I, w- I just wasn't really trying to hear that shit. You know, when you're young, when you're stubborn like I was, like, I'm hard-headed. So you could tell me the right way, but I'm going to choose if I go that way or not. And if I don't, that's on me. If I yeah. do, you know, good on both of us. But it was one of those situations where it's like I had a choice. Go do something that's probably going to change my future in a negative way. Or I could, you know, take a step back a little bit go experience something different because what he was basically offering is he was like yo he found those seeds in my little apartment and he was like yo <laughs> we had cannabis we can take this go back to Jamaica because he was already trying to go back home at the time anyway and he bought this land he was like yo we can go back to Jamaica I can teach you a little bit more about cannabis how to grow it you know how does how to grow it at scale, which was even really more important. Cause I don't know, some some elders like they're way ahead of their time and then some are way behind their time. Like they're stuck in their time, if that makes sense. Like older people, it's like it's like forward or nothing. It's like some old people they can't get over their generation, and then some older people are highly wise and way beyond their generation. And he was one of those people. He even back then when it was very illegal, he understood that at some point there's going to be major business in this. And he understood at some point, you know, we're going to need an educated youth to kind of like take stand on this and at least attempt commercial. Because back then he didn't know what commercial looked like. He didn't know what the legal business looked like. None of that was an option back then. He just knew it would be profitable in the future. So he was trying to gather up some youth to kind of teach them what he knew. And I was just kind of one of those people. Um, and it just stuck with me for whatever reason. Cause I ended up leaving Miami, going to Jamaica. It was only supposed to be like three, four weeks maybe. And I ended up staying like, like almost eight months. And then <laughs> I came back I was like, well, shit. He gave me a lot of his collection, so I had that because he was like, yo, this is going to sound crazy, but just hear me out. He was like, because at the time, again, I'm young, I'm stubborn, just promoting for some big clubs in Miami. So I was like, my mindset was like, how do I get back to Miami? Yeah. I think he... um. He, I think he kind of knew where my head was at. And he knew, like, yeah, this is cool, but I'm not really taking it serious. Uh, and he was like, yo, don't go back to Miami. Just try to do what you can to try and get into the legal system. Because he knew, like, doing this in Miami is probably a death sentence. Best case scenario, I go to jail and lose my freedom. So it was like that wasn't really an option back then. L.A. was the only place at the time. We're talking, like, 2000. 2009 and I I want to say LA was like one of the few places that were even legal at the time medically um 
So he kind of, he, he understood where it was going. And, you know, after he said that, I, I did go back to Miami. I was like, I'm not really trying to move to LA, fuck that shit. Uh, I didn't really want to go to LA. I didn't know anybody in LA. I don't have family on the West Coast. So I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to go out there. I went back to Miami, got into a little bit more trouble, went back to Jamaica. And then it's crazy because he was back in Miami. He started getting kind of known in Jamaica for cannabis. And he had a few like foreign investors kind of interested in him. So when I went back, I ended up meeting these two other guys that had already started a cannabis brand in LA. And so when I went back to see him, I linked up with those two and they literally moved me to LA and that's how I ended up in LA. Um, yeah, it's crazy, right? But it gets, it gets crazier. So I go to LA, I go to LA and start working with the, working with these two new in this two in this new brand. And I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say like it was a failing brand, but the brand was way smaller than they were talking about when they were in Jamaica. And I was, and they had, they literally moved me to LA. So I'm like, okay, well, at least they have a little bit of money. They bought my first apartment in LA. So I was like, okay, well, they have a little bit of cash flow. And then six months later, they basically were hemorrhaging money and couldn't continue to go forward. So I, that's why I got out of cannabis and then just started doing odd, odd jobs, went back into music, started to try to do music again and since I was in L.A. And I did that for like two years, maybe three years, went back to school, went through that whole system, got my degrees, got out of school. And then I was like, I was still sitting on all of those seeds. So then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to plant these randomly just to see what they are. And I planted some randomly, just posted some of that on social media. That kind of took off. And then another brand found that. that, And then they put me on to their company. And then that's when I really got my foot into commercial because that was like my first big facility. That was maybe 10,000 square feet, which isn't even that big anymore. But that was like my first introduction into indoor cultivation at scale legally. And yeah, it kind of took off from there, but I didn't, I never really came. I really never came to campus like with the intention of scaling it up and making money from it. That all came later. And then when I realized that I could make money from it, I was like, well, fuck, I wish two things one i would have taken it more serious a little earlier because i probably could have made better decisions early but two i realized well once you get your foot in the door you kind of realize and you see how things are operating and it's like damn i lost so many genuine friends that i went to high school with for campus and then here i am like six years later in la in an industry that's very lucrative and it's all owned by white corporations mm -hmm. like and i don't mean just a yeah. little bit i mean like 99.9 percent no. <laughs> of it is owned yeah, by white corporations so i'm like fuck and then and, and it's not even like and it's not even like you can get your foot in the door and be like oh well now i have the key to this door let me bring everybody else in 
because if you have any criminal records, mm -hmm. which most of us do, then you which are <laughs> on cannabis. I can't. Oh, I'm getting Boy, so lit. <laughs> you know the vibes. Like if you have a criminal record, you can't even work in cannabis because that's one of the statutes that they written that they wrote into law. So that knocked out most black people from the start. So it's like yeah. all the blacks yeah, and the browns yeah. buy immediately. And it's not even like it's not even like you can get yeah. a license. It's like even if you have money mm -hmm. to get a license, even if you have the capital to go legal, you legally can't. And they wrote that into law. So it's like, mm -hmm. well, there's no other option but the black market. And then, you know, that pigeonholes yeah. an entire group of people in an industry that's a billion dollars. So only one group of people can profit on it. And, you know, and that's the monopoly that still exists even to this day. Um, there's a few laws out about it that's hopefully will be changing. But, you know, you know how those things take. It could, it could be 10 years. It could be 20 years. Who knows? It might not change. Yeah. But... That's kind of the 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 long way that I got into cannabis. Because once I got in and started seeing how the system works, I'm like, well, fuck. What do I need to do to get to the point where I can bring more people in? And the reality is you just have to be your own brand. I mean, that's just the reality. Because as long as you're working for people, you know, they control who comes in. They control who goes out. Um, and with cannabis like it's not regulated like most businesses so it can just fire you for no reason and that's the end of it you know what i mean and it's still a cash business yeah. it could just not pay you and that's the end of it and that's happened to many people yep. um so once i got in work with people as long as you have to and then when you have the money to get out and do your own thing go and do your own thing because that's really what it came down to i, I worked for you know, these bigger brands for like four or five years and then I made enough money. I was like, okay, I need the license. And then I got to the point where I, I don't even need the license. I could just get my own license. So it came more in the complex reality of, of breeding and mm -hmm. genetics and not so much just the consumption of it, if that makes sense. Like consumption's cool. It's just the cash yeah. cow of cannabis and we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves into just let's make profit on it. Let's really understand what it is, you know, how it made it this far. And it's very, very, very complex once you start, you know, jumping down that rabbit hole. And that's kind of what grasps me onto it for, you know, long term. And even for me, I don't want people to take this the wrong way. But cannabis is definitely a cash cow. Like, it's, it's something to make profit on. But for me, it's not like that's not the end goal. Like, the end goal for me is not one species of plants. It's... You know, how do we do this at scale and in balance with all plants? And that's kind of the, that's kind of the, that's kind of where my, the trajectory of my life, that's kind of where it's going now. It's like, how do I scale this up and not just grow cannabis, but how do I do this at scale and grow everything and stay in balance? And that's kind of the focus right now. Are there specific plants that you're focusing on right now? Like ones that in in LA specifically or no yeah it's more Jamaica so here's the thing like I love indoors I love indoor growing that's mm -hmm. indoor agriculture is the future 100% we can't continue to cut down rainforest to grow horizontally when we can just grow vertically 
I mean, in cities where it's not even an option to grow horizontally, we have to grow indoors. You know, that is the future for major cities that need a lot of produce. You can't be shipping all this in from other places. I mean, you can, but, you know, we're seeing that that's not really effective. And, you know, that's why you get the quality in grocery stores that you get. Um, GMOs are a real thing. Indoor agriculture is definitely the future. But for me, like, I'm I'm more thinking of communities because I'm definitely not trying to LA my whole life. That's crazy. And I'm not even trying to live in a city my whole life. So if I, if I can't really get everything that I want in life in a city, what's the next best option? Well, move out of the city. So for me, somebody who loves growing plants, Jamaica makes sense for me because I have family there and I have access to pretty much whatever I need there. But it really was just climate because I need somewhere... I need to be somewhere in the tropics because in tropic ecosystems, I can get every exotic plant that exists or it's equivalent. So it doesn't matter whether it's medicinal. It doesn't matter whether it's food, fruits, flowers. I can get everything that is beneficial in a tropic ecosystem. So for me, like the, the Caribbean was just an automatic. It's like if you could pick one place in the world that you could live the rest of your life, I don't really care which one it is. They're all beautiful. But I just have the most access in Jamaica, if that makes sense. So Jamaica for me was like the an obvious island where I could kind of set up home and set up foundation. And since I can't get what I, everything that I want in L.A., for me, it's like at this point in life, you know, I'm always thinking about scale. So if I can't get what I want, then you can definitely just build it. You know, I told you about the 58 acres that I'm looking at. And there, you know, it went from it went from growing cannabis to how do we build a community to how do we kind of change ecotourism and stay in that community? That's kind of that's the wave that I'm on right now. It's figuring out that puzzle and, you know, putting things in place to put that puzzle piece together. What's it like being going from in between these worlds, you know? And I feel like, like the way you're talking about it, sort of leaving the city bit by bit and sort yeah. of merging more into nature. What's that transition been like for you? Cause- but always coastal cities. Yeah, and that's, I like- think that's an important distinction. Because I've, mm. I've always been coastal cities. So I've always been tapped into more side of nature. And, and you know, some people don't, some people don't consider the ocean nature. I definitely do. Uh, it's, it's just it's yeah. the biggest part of nature, in my opinion. Because um, if the ocean goes away, everything's fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, just the transition in general, it's been it's been pretty easy for me because the whole goal is to get back to nature. So working towards that goal is the hardest part because you're talking about if you're going to build your own community, you're talking about an insane amount of money, seven figures for sure. So to come up with that amount of capital by yourself to invest in another country, there's a lot of loopholes that you have to kind of get through. Um, it's not easy. And, 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 that, and it's, I don't necessarily think it should be easy, but I've seen how other people live and, you know, 
the whole rabbit we we're very specific on how we live in this country it's you know work pay taxes be a part of you know the system literally the, the system. system um the economy yeah but you as soon and you you've traveled outside this country so you understand you've seen how other people live you've seen how other people live in other countries and it's very different and once you start seeing that and once you get tapped into that you're like oh well you can live in other places that are cheaper to build better environments arguably i mean you yeah you might have less convenience you know mm -hmm. i can't I can't order whatever the fuck I want on Amazon and it be here tomorrow in Jamaica. You know what I mean? Like there's conveniences that you give up, but yeah. that's just life. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be certain things that, you, that you're going to have to give up and either to better your situation. Some people weigh those heavily. For me, I don't really weigh convenience that heavy. Um, I, I personally like being in the jungle. Mm -hmm. So that's not really a thing for me. But I mean, the whole... What got me on ecotourism is I have a friend in Costa Rica that has a plot of land and he built some cabins and he was like, yo, just with the people that come and rent out these cabins, I can, I sustain the plot of land. I was like, oh, well, that's an easy concept to understand. It's like, just with, just with the reach that I have on social media, I was like, I can get, I can get a few hundred people a year to Jamaica, no problem. It's like, why? Well, there's no reason that I can't do that. And for me, it's like, how do how do I show people that? Yeah, you can also live in luxury and be in full balance with nature. Um, it's expensive to do that. It's not easy to do that, but it is possible. And over time, the more people that do it, the more that cost comes down. So it's like, if you if you can give people a new experience, I mean, because you understand when you when you go into nature, you have that experience. You don't you don't necessarily leave the same. Like there's a part of you that is connected to that where it doesn't matter how long you live in the city. Like if you go out of the city and you're in nature, you're at peace. Unless you're a psychopath, you're at peace. Um, so for me, it was just kind of, how do I give people that experience? Because every time, all the people that I've taken to Jamaica don't want to leave. And if I, if I ask them, hey, if I can, if I can give you access to Jamaica, or if I can give you another spot on the island, will you leave LA right now, like today? And everybody that I brought to Jamaica would leave. So, it's not really about convenience. Then, what do I do if I? What if I do if I don't have a job? What if I do if I can't work here? What if I do if I can't work there? How do I make money? It's like all these questions. I think people forget just to live sometimes. So if 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 I can give people an experience that will just tap into say just pull it back a little bit learn how to live understand what's going on here you can grow all your own food you don't need a grocery store like it's not even that difficult but people just don't have that knowledge like we're really really losing that knowledge at scale and that might be the worst part yeah i love seeing people's like armor come down in nature especially when when like you have the way over nine to five like you know regular in the city routine always doing something and then the the ease that you start seeing in people's bodies when they're in a space of that's fucking green that's just like 
abundantly right. green and alive. It's one of my favorite things, seeing a human like right. come apart like that. And that's <laughs> kind of the so thing amazing. too. Like that's also why I never wanted to only focus on cannabis. Cause at the end of the day, like you're gonna pigeonhole yourself yeah. if cannabis is the goal and that's the and that's the end goal. Like you're gonna pigeonhole yourself because at the end of the day, not everybody is going to try cannabis. And I don't even think everybody should try cannabis. It's not for everybody. Um, it's, it's definitely not as bad as what they say, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you have to let people make the decisions that they want to make. And if cannabis is the only focus, I'm going to lose some people. So if I can incorporate cannabis in the picture, but not make it the whole picture, then that opens people eyes to how do I lessen my footprint? And that's really what I think people get out of being in the jungle. It's like, damn, this is possible. Like, this is crazy. All the food tastes good. Everything's abundant out here. Like, nobody goes hungry. How do I lessen my footprint? Because everybody that I've, I've brought to Jamaica, like, they come back and they're just like, damn, maybe I should use a little less or do a little bit of this less. And it's like, that's really, that's really the goal. I mean, we're not going to change the world here. Like, I don't think... I don't think that's on a single individual, but, you know, the less we have access to nature, the less people are going to do less. You know what I mean? So it's important to stay tapped in as much as you can. And, and especially for people that have access to like other networks, like people that are people that are big on social media and have access to large crowds of people. I mean, that's really my focus because we know a lot of artists out here. And if, if I get artists out in Jamaica, which I know we can, like that just, it's even a bigger push for more people to just like get out of the little box that they're living in. Run me through a day with that when you take somebody, because I'm really curious to know what it, yeah. Like, what does it look like for people that just don't spend a lot of time in nature? Uh, for a plants? lot of people, it's just, it's amazement because you really just, you really just hear nature. You don't hear cars. And, like, when I take people to Jamaica, like, we're going to the Blue Mountains. Like, we're going in the jungle um, away from the cities. Because, I mean, and that's, I think, what people may misunderstand about, you know, certain countries or islands it's like if you want all that city shit you know what i mean like i don't want to bring people to another country just to go to another city like it's supposed to be like a real experience and when the first thing when people are in the jungle the first thing they realize is how much food is out there um when you're in the tropics like harvest <laughs> season is all year long like there's always something in season. There's always something to eat. And you're talking about literally the highest quality foods that you can possibly get all just right at your doorstep. Um, mm. That's really the biggest thing that kind of throws people into a shock is because everything tastes drastically different. And even if it's, even if it's, even if it's like the same fruits or foods that they've already had, like it's, it tastes very different. And the other probably most impactful thing is um, nighttime. Like when you look up, you can actually see the stars. Like it's, and it's kind of crazy how much you can see. It's like, we're, we're just a speck on this planet. And then you look up and there's an infinite window. You can see a lot more than you expect. And, you know, 
especially when you're on a mountain, nighttime is very bright. Like it's it's night, but you can see everything. And uh, yeah, it's impactful for sure. Dude, that's fucking dope. How long do you uh, usually go for? Now with all of these fucking businesses, not as much as I yeah. need to be down there. I, I try, when I'm gone, I try and stay for a month, but uh, it's been harder to do that um, as business grows. Um, but once I do start building, I'll probably be out there three months at a time, two months at a time, around there. Growing to growing is a, like an endless process, man. It's like you're never you're never gonna know too much. There's always gonna be situations that are kind of out of your control, and you're constantly just evolving because you're dealing with living plants. Like every single one of them are different. They all grow differently. It's crazy because when we think about cannabis, we only really think of consumption. And that's just a fraction. Just think in terms of history on this planet. Plants have billions of years on us. And then if you just think of the evolution of plants over those billions of years, you know, the plants that we see today, keep in mind, they evolved through extinction level circumstances. They've, they've survived ice ages, multiple ice ages. They've survived everything and evolved over catastrophic loss. So even think we can narrow that all the way down just to cannabis. I mean, the fact that cannabis has survived all this time, evolved all of this time, and people don't really understand the biology of plants. Hmm. You know, the whole goal of a plant is to flower and attract a pollen. And then once it's uh, achieved that goal, and keep in mind, just that one goal takes millions of years of evolution. Once it's achieved that goal of flowering and attracting pollinators, it now has another goal of producing fruit or something that's attractive for a mammal so it will eat and digest the seeds so it can be cultivated at scale all over the world. That's the next goal. When you think about cannabis, which doesn't technically produce a flower that you would think to be a flower is only a perennial it only lasts for one season it somehow survived all those years of you know this earth developing and all the circumstances that come with that found this way to attach itself to a mammal us found its way to attach itself to a consciousness us found its way to lock on to us to cultivate at scale it's a very 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 complex situation that happened over millions of years and it's the only plant that's really tapped into our consciousness like that because if you think of all other plants i mean yeah you also have ayahuasca but that has to be made you know it's it's a plant technically but it has there's a process that has to be done in order for you to get that psychoactive effect um same thing with dmt yeah it's in some plants but that plant has to be processed in order to get that reaction out cannabis all, literally all you have to do is light it on fire and you know you've it's tapped into something that we still really don't understand we don't know, we really don't understand where cannabis came from, how it developed over millions of years. I mean, and 
you know, with with science that we're able to go so far back in history, but that's one question that we still really can't answer. This is why I see them as plant teachers and plant medicine teachers. All of these facets in order to come to the same understanding, like the same experiential sort of like rapport that you build with these plants through through reading, through quality time, through growing, through experiments, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the way that the, these teachers um, find ways to become <laughs> essentially like greater, you know, like Maria herself, and I refer to cannabis as Maria um, because of of where she comes from is very um, Mexicana to me. And, and um, seeing, seeing that along with the way that McKenna talks about mushrooms and us foraging for all of these different plants and finding all of these medicines and communing with these medicines alongside being able to tap in and listen to the plants that then give us concoctions like ayahuasca because that is a very particular it's so it's so particular that it's incredible you know when you yeah. when you ask how and it's like the the plants like the plants told us what do you mean how like we just fucking we're i don't know meditating or walking through the forest or we happen to come across some mushrooms and the fucking plants told us how and then and then I'm, that that symbiosis, that deep, deep, deep connection that I do feel is, it is a part of our evolutionary process. We're becoming stronger and stronger in the same way that they are. And the symbiosis is constantly existing throughout. And what are the ways that we, that we connect back to them, that we connect back to, yeah, the, our roots essentially, and like fucking literally. Um, and yeah, I just, I really, <clears throat> I really enjoy talking about how fucking amazing that yeah. you get to do something that you love alongside the fact that you can make the money that we need to live in this fucking weird matrix. And eventually at some point in time, if that doesn't even exist, yeah. you have fucking plants. It's a win-win. You know I mean? It's like, it's, it's a, a win-win for sure. Yeah. a part of right now where Absolutely. I'm like, damn. Hell yeah. The ability to even make money on this, keep mm -hmm. in mind, that is only our generations. Thousands yeah. died before us. That's a that's a very, very, Hell very yeah. new thing that is a blessing that it came in our generation and an even yeah. bigger step. And as a black man, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. It's like, dude, you it's yeah. hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah i feel a lot of fucking gratitude to know that you are planting <laughs> yeah. seeds you're literally yeah. planting seeds Thousands. of love you are literally you are and and it's it's fucking beautiful and i'm just really excited for the people that get to step outside uh, that really literally that get to step outside and get to feel a little bit more connected to that and it's so shitty how fixated we are on costumes but also we have the costumes because they help us learn and there is something absolutely beautiful and empowering and i'm like i hope and i do trust that 
you know, we are going to get the reparations that we deserve because everybody right now that has a criminal record or is still in prison because of any sort of anything that only had to do with cannabis deserves to be in business right now, deserves to be at the fucking front line showing everybody else that is fucking just taking over the corporation should be teaching everybody else. The, the This is the part where it's like, hey, look, yes, we fucked up, cool, and let's face it together, and let's learn together, and let's grow. But to fucking ignore it completely is another thing where I'm like, all right, man, it's just another thing on the docket, you know, where it's just like, all right, and we're not going to do it through yeah. hate because that's not going to solve shit. So what are we going to do? We're going to pack a bowl. We're going to roll a spliff. We're going to take yeah, it. Keep it killed. I mean, <laughs> I am pretty confident that our generation will change the future. The best, the best part about this whole situation is the generation that's after us is even more sensitive. And a lot, the people that are older than us take that as a negative, Fuck yeah. but I think you know, us that are stuck in the middle, our generation is stuck in the middle because we see the older generation. It's like, yeah, we understand some of your points, but, you know, you also lived in a generation where you motherfuckers didn't do anything. Um, and then we also see the other side where, yeah, the, the generation after us, they're, they are very sensitive. And yeah, they, they might be a little oversensitive and, you know, they might want to censor the world. And that's that's just a factor of having to deal with shit for generations so i see i see their side but we are the balance and we are the next ones in line anyway so and you can't rely on corporations to change the system because if you give them an option to help people or make more money they're always going to make more money like that's just how business works <laughs> if you can get to the point where you can open the door and keep the door open my goal is just create a lane where I can keep the door open and then just let people come in after. Whether you have a criminal record or not, I'm not saying you have to have a criminal record, but you know the vibe. And again, this all really comes from just how I grew up. If I didn't grow up where I grew up, and if I didn't have Rastas in my life to kind of teach me about Black culture and teach me the importance of Black culture, because to be honest with you, how Black people see each other in this country is flawed. Because how I grew up, black people support each other. Yeah. How I grew up, black people love each other. But here, it's not that's not the case. You know, black people fight each other constantly. It's a constant battle, despite knowing what we all go through. It's a constant battle with ourselves. So that's something that we gotta figure out in this country. But you know, yeah. Not always have the time for to to let everybody figure that shit out. You know, I'm gonna move to Jamaica and go chill with black people that want to be with be with each other <laughs> and support each other and be a community together, and then we'll just go from there. And then hopefully, I can bring people along, introduce them to something new, and we can start and again planting the seeds everywhere. How did you get in cannabis? Let's hear that. <laughs> that one's a long one, but um, it took time for me to change my my perspective of Maria and to change my rapport with Maria. And it really fucking shifted when like a little bit in California, it was like, okay, 
And then, um, but really when I went to Oregon, it was like coming over and instead of having some tea, it was, you know, it was like a joint I was, and I thought, huh, that's, just, that's interesting. And then, and then it just, you know, sort of started mingling with, um, with art. And then I had to go through the whole fucked up process of actually, you know, um, once I actually started, uh, like sitting with Maria, cause I really enjoy, um, yeah, being out in nature and, and meditating and sort of seeing where she takes me. Um, and then sort of exploring the deeper roots and like the pain of, like you said, everything that has shit that she has gone through in order to be uh, where she is. And there's been a lot of bloodshed and there's been a lot of taboo and there's been a lot of misunderstanding. And um, I think that that happens in general when you know, there's, there's knowledge when there's wisdom, when there's, uh, the universe trying to teach us, uh, humans tend to take divine information and, and turn it into something that it's like, I pendejo, that wasn't the fucking, that wasn't the fucking point. And there's a lot of, there's like a, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of progress too, because right. I think, you know, they, they come, they come hand in hand. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I look forward to, like you said, being able to see that for me, like my introduction to plants comes from a very, like, I don't even know, I don't even know how to phrase it. It just, it's like spending time with them in a way that I never thought I would spend time with them. Like it's the breaking down of like, you know, how I was saying the drugs and the psychedelics and, um, there's a there's a deep relationship that I've I've built with with um, plant teachers through through meditation and through medicine circles. Um, I mean that just completely shifted everything. It completely changed my trajectory in life in a way that I didn't even I had no idea. I had just had no fucking clue. My point to a lot of people, and I tell everybody this: like, don't do it at a party. Don't do it because other people tell you, like. Just if if you think that's something that could benefit your life, mm -hmm. just do it on your own in your own space on your own time and do it at your own pace. Because the problem is people try to be too fucking cool, and then they do this at a party, and then they smoke way too much, and they don't know the experience, and now they're fucking. <laughs> they think, oh, I'm. I, it's gonna make me paranoid. It's like no, you just never had that experience, and now you smoke too much. Yeah. It's like. You can't do that and that ruins and once you have that experience the first time the odds of you going back are almost zero so it's like now you have all these people with a bad experience it's like that's it's fucked it up for life for them and i, I kind of feel the same with mushrooms like that's something you need to do in your own time in your own space yeah. this kind of took my life and then mushrooms it's like we just never got to that point i've been busy and it's like eventually i'm gonna sit down with mushrooms and really understand the vibe and what it is but you know, we'll get there when we get there. There's no Russian advice. Or exactly. No, there's not. And that's what I find fascinating about all of these plant teachers in the same way that, like you said, you know, it's sort of literally when somebody plants a seed, they literally organically present yeah. themselves in the time that you need them. And that is what I find absolutely fascinating about this whole journey is that yeah, they have literally at my front door where I'm like, how 
in the world fascinates me to the point where I'm like, yes, I want to explore this more, of course, because how do you explain this? I have no, I have no way to explain this other than like through my experience yeah. of the way that they show up. This was like, I just love the plant. I liked how it smelled. I liked how it looked. It was just a mm -hmm. beautiful plant to me. I just enjoyed the vibe of growing it and just being in the presence. Because mm -hmm. if if you've never grown cannabis before, I highly suggest it. And it does change the energy in the room. And that's what I fell in love with. I just liked the plant being around and just growing it. It's crazy, mm -hmm. too, because cannabis, it varies. The spectrum of cannabis is so fucking drastic. And it's like some of them, super easy. They want to grow. They're vigorous. And then others are to literally hold their hand the whole way through. It's like you really get to understand the personalities of each plant. And that's not even cannabis. That's just growing in general. Um, you start to see the characteristics <laughs> that each, each plant starts expressing yes. over time. And you start understanding the balance that it needs. And that's like, you know, not to get super geeky, but that's kind of what I fell in love with. Is just how do you find that balance with plants at scale? And if you don't know that, and you don't place the plant in the right environment mm -hmm. or in the right microclimate. And then of course, it's gonna send you signs that are not happy constantly. So it's just about finding those characteristics, finding how they grow. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do it is to just survey nature and immerse yourself in nature and just don't touch anything next 50 years of my life. Assuming I make it, make it that long. You know, it's a slow process, but it's mm -hmm. that's just how my mind works. I need some complex that's going to hold my attention for a long time and i just i found that in plants because they're so different and all of them throw different signs and all of them but if you get it right it's incredibly productive if you get it right there's excitement there's a really deep deep excitement of this exploration when it comes to the plant world um yeah. something that is so a part of us and and I know that a lot of us are disconnected and I just I feel a lot of excitement for the for the more and more of us remembering we haven't even scratched the surface yeah. on understanding some of these plants have been growing together for millions of years it's like how they communicate compared to mm -hmm. what we understand about them that's two completely <laughs> different conversations we're just on the ride we're on a ride on a roller coaster through infinite space you know what I mean just Live the best life you can and enjoy this fucking ride because it's very rare and infinite. Well, I was trying to say this without, you know, being fucking like doomsday, but there's really no other way to do it. I was was thinking plant medicine in the future doesn't really have a chance, if I'm honest with you, if we're really going to preserve what's left of natural ecosystems because we're losing animal species faster than we're preserving them and it's the same with plants we're losing important species faster than we're saving them or preserving them or cultivating them it's uh there's not enough but again you have to be optimistic in these times and i think there's more of us than there ever was. So if there is a chance, you know, again, our generation, the next generation after us, you know, we're the ones that are really, you know, optimistic about doing the work that's required.
growing on an individual level because I've been growing at scale for so long. So, you know, I could go in a room and there's 10,000 plants in there. So obviously I can't spend time with every single one of them. There's just literally not enough hours. And at the end of the day, like I got so caught up in production, 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 production that, you know, I just started looking at it as a product and not a plant. I had to readjust my mindset actually within the last six months, mm -hmm. I had to readjust my mindset to go back to growing just on an individual level. Let me think of a question. <laughs> does it have to be about me? Whatever How does question. ecotourism look in the future? Let me throw you a curveball. Oh, okay. How does ecotourism? <laughs> How does ecotourism? Watch, it's it's gonna be fucking grim, and I'm just gonna go to sleep upset. Lie to me if it's grim, for sure. Let's see. The Three of Pentacles. The Glory of Horus. And Horus being one of the Ooh. many sun deities. So this is an Egyptian tarot deck. So uh, the Glory of Horus. Negotiated Advantage. Reascension. What does that mean? and celebrity yeah your question going alongside um the answer the glory of horus a i would say that the negotiated advantage which i think is interesting because negotiation usually has um things to do around business and so sort of like the scales of something being um in your advantage and then um the reascension and the celebrity sort of alongside what does it look like? Maybe it's more, it's, it's becoming a little bit more lucrative. Maybe people are gaining and put paying more attention in, to ecotourism because of the way that we're going. So it's sort of, like you said, it's looking at the hopeful side of, yes, being very aware that where we are on a it's global scale, where we are as a people and like with our earth, shit is hitting the fan left and right and things need to be done but there are things that are already, already in the process of being done so the glory of horus also remembering one of the sun gods that and and like the sun being life the sun regenerating right. life the sun being the crucial component for life to exist um remembering remembering that you know the power that we also have is because of things that exist outside of us um and the the deities essentially that we see as a sun god and uh everything that ties us back in order to even have the glory you know in in order to even have the celebrity in order to even reap the benefits of of the seeds that we plant wicked Wicked. I appreciate you taking time on your Friday to like, yeah, have a chat about plants. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, yeah, it's just been really nice to like no open that. All good. And I, I just wanted to say thanks. I feel, I feel really grateful. Well, it's day for okay, you. Boys. Enjoy your day and well, your weekend. Have a wonderful rest of your night. Until our next spiraling Sunday. Stay fucking weird, bitches.